chapters five and six of the last three soldiers by william henry shelton this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter five the cipher code on the morning of july four the sun rose in a cloudless sky above the mountains and the atmosphere was so clear that the most remote objects were unusually distinct the conditions were so favorable for signaling that after a hurried breakfast the three soldiers hastened to the point on the ridge which they had selected for a station corporal bromley took position with a red flag having a large white square in the centre and this he waved slowly from right to left while lieutenant coleman adjusted his spy-glass resting it upon a notched limb which he had driven into the ground and at his left philip sat with a notebook and pencil in hand ready to take down the letters as lieutenant coleman called them off there were but three motions used in signalling when the flag from an upright position is dipped to the right it signifies one to the left two and forward three the last motion is used only to indicate that the end of the word is reached twenty-six combinations of the figures one and two stand for the letters of the alphabet it is not an easy task to learn and to send messages by these combinations of the figures one and two and it is harder still to read the flags miles away through the telescope the three soldiers had had much practice however and could read the funny wigwag motions like print if any two boys care to learn the code they can telegraph to each other from hill to hill or from farm to farm as well as george and philip you will see that the vowels and the letters most used are made with the fewest motions as one dip of the flag to the left two for i and one to the right one for t z is four motions to the right one 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 and here is the alphabet as used in the signal service readers note here follows a table with letters and their corresponding codes End note. when the flag stops at an upright position it means the end of a letter as twice to the right and stop one one means a one dip forward three indicates the end of a word three three the end of a sentence three 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 the end of a message thus one one dash one one dash one one dash three means all right we understand over here go ahead and one one dash one one dash one one dash three 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 means stop signaling then two one two dash two one two dash two one two dash three means repeat we don't understand what you are signaling while one two dash one two dash one two dash three means we have made an error and if you will watch we will give the message to you correctly now if lieutenant coleman wanted to say to another signal officer send one man the sentence would read in figures one two one two one two two one 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 three one two 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 one three two one one two one one two two three three but in time of war the signalmen of the enemy could read such messages and so each party makes a cipher code of its own more or less difficult and the code is often changed so if lieutenant coleman's cipher code was simply to use for each letter sent the fourth letter later in the alphabet 
his figures would have been quite different and the letters they stood for would have read w i r h s r i q e r s e n d o n e m a n so after fifteen minutes of waiting during which time the flag in corporal bromley's hand made a great rustling and flapping in the wind moving from side to side lieutenant coleman got his glass on the other flag ten miles away and found it was waving one one dash one one dash one one dash three all right corporal bromley then sent back the same signal and sat down on the bank to rest what lieutenant coleman saw at that distance was a little patch of red dancing about on the object glass of his telescope he could not see even the man who waved it or the trees behind him promptly at bromley's signal all right the little object came to a rest and when it presently began again lieutenant coleman called off the letters which philip repeated as he entered them in the book for an hour and a half the messages continued repeating all the mass of figures which had come over the line during the last three days when the mountain of the nineteenth red pin had said its say as any parrot might have done for it was absolutely ignorant of the meaning of the figures it received and passed on for the reason that it had no officer with the cipher lieutenant coleman took from his pocket a slip of paper on which he had already arranged his return message to chattanooga when this had been dispatched the lieutenant took the notebook from philip and went away to his tent to cipher out the meaning of the still meaningless letters they were sufficiently eager to get the latest news for they knew that the army they had just left had been advancing its works and fighting daily since the twenty-second day of june for the possession of kennesaw mountain the dispatches were translated in the order in which they came so that it was a good half-hour before lieutenant coleman appeared with a radiant face to say that general sherman had taken possession of kennesaw mountain on the day before and that is not all he cried holding up his hand to restrain any premature outburst of enthusiasm listen to this the alabama was sunk by the united states steamer kearsarge on the nineteenth day of june three miles outside the harbor of cherbourg on the coast of france corporal bromley was not a demonstrative man yet the blood rushed to his face and there was a glittering light in his eyes which told how deeply the news touched him but philip on the contrary was wild with delight and danced and cheered and turned somersaults on the grass chapter six messages of dire disasters what a pity cried philip that the boys on the next mountain should be left in ignorance of these victories when we could so easily send them the news without using the cipher and this the fourth of july too that form of communication however was strictly forbidden by the severe rules of the service and it was the fate of number nineteen to remain in the dark like all the other stations on the line except the first and tenth and their own which alone were in charge of commissioned officers who held the secret of the cipher the news of the destruction of the alabama which had been the terror of the national merchant vessels for two years was of the highest importance and would cause great rejoicing throughout the north 
although the battle with the kearsarge had taken place on june nineteen it must be borne in mind that this period was before the permanent laying of the atlantic cable and european news was seven and eight days in crossing the ocean by the foreign steamers and might be three days late before it started for this side in case of an event which had happened three days before the sailing of the steamer after several unsuccessful attempts a cable had been laid between europe and america in eighteen fifty eight three years before the beginning of the great war and had broken a few weeks after some words of congratulation had passed between queen victoria and president buchanan some people even believed that the messages had been invented by the cable company and that telegraphic communication had never been established at all along the bed of the ocean at all events news came by steamer in war times and so it happened that these soldiers who had been three days in the wilderness heard with great joy on july four of the sinking of the alabama which happened on the coast of france on june nineteen the garrison flag was raised on a pole over the a tent and the day was given up to enjoyment which ended in supping on a roast fowl with such garnishings as their limited larder would furnish on this occasion lieutenant coleman waved his rank so far as to preside at the head of the table which was a cracker box and after the feast they walked together to the station and sat on the rocks in the moonlight to discuss the military situation if general grant had met with some rebuffs in his recent operations against petersburg in virginia he was steadily closing his iron grasp on that city and richmond and not one of these intensely patriotic young men for a moment doubted the final outcome philip and lieutenant coleman had been much depressed by the recent disaster and the news of the morning greatly raised their spirits if bromley was less excitable than his companions the impressions he received were more enduring but on the other hand he would be slower to recover from a great disappointment the reins are in a firm hand at last said lieutenant coleman referring to the control then recently assumed by general grant and now everything is bound to go forward with grant and sheridan at richmond farragut thundering on the coast the alabama at the bottom of the sea and uncle billy forcing his lines nearer and nearer to atlanta we are making brave progress i believe boys the end is in sight amen said corporal bromley hurrah said philip you boys continued lieutenant coleman have enlisted for three years while i have been educated to the profession of arms but if this rebellion is not soon put down i shall be ashamed of my profession and leave it for some more respectable calling so they continued to talk until late into the night cheered by the good news they had heard and very hopeful of the future the following day was foggy and philip went down the ladder to bring up the potatoes which he had quite forgotten in the excitement of the day before bromley too paid a visit to the tree where he had thrown in the cartridges but the opening where he had cast in the sack was so far from the ground that it would be necessary to use the axe to recover it and as he could find no drier or safer storehouse for the extra ammunition he was content to leave it there for the present lieutenant coleman busied himself in writing up the station journal in a blank book provided for that purpose 
when philip found his potatoes which had been scattered on the ground when he had been thrown down in the darkness by the mysterious little animal he was at first disposed to leave them for they were so old and shrunken and small that he began to think the troopers had been playing a joke on him but when he looked again and saw the small sprouts peeping out of the eyes a new idea came to him and he gathered them carefully up in the sack he bethought himself of the rich earth in the warm hollow of the plateau where the sun lay all day and where vegetation was only smothered by the coating of dead leaves and he saw the delightful possibility of having new potatoes of his own raising before they were relieved from duty on the mountain what better amusement could they find in the long summer days after the morning messages were exchanged on the station than to cultivate a small garden if he had had the seeds of flowers he might have thrown away the wilted potatoes but next to the cultivation of flowers came the fruits of the earth and if his plantation never yielded anything it would be a pleasure to watch the vines grow lieutenant coleman readily gave his consent and after raking off the carpet of leaves with a forked stick the soft rich soil lay exposed to the sun so deep and mellow that a piece of green wood flattened at the end like a wedge was sufficient to stir the earth and make it ready for planting philip cut the potatoes into small pieces as he had seen the farmers do and with the help of the others who became quite interested in the work the last piece was buried in the ground before sundown on the following morning the flags announced that in a cavalry raid around petersburg general wilson had destroyed sixty miles of railroad and that forty days would be required to repair the damage done to the danville and richmond road during the next three days there was no news worth recording and the fever of gardening having taken possession of philip he planted some of the corn they had brought up for the chickens and a row each of the peas and beans from their army rations the tenth of july was sunday the first since they had been left alone on the mountain and lieutenant coleman required his subordinates to clean up about the camp and at nine o'clock he put on his sword and inspected quarters like any company commander after this ceremony philip read a psalm or two from his prayer-book and corporal bromley turned over the pages of the blue book which was the revised army regulations of eighteen sixty three these two works constituted their limited library there was a dearth of news in the week that followed and what little came was depressing to these enthusiastic young men to whom the temporary inactivity of the army which they had just left was insupportable on monday morning however came the cheering news that general sherman's army was again in motion and had completed the crossing of the chattahoochee river the evening before on the nineteenth they learned that general sherman had established his lines within five miles of atlanta and that the confederate general johnston had been relieved by general hood the messages by flag were received every day when the weather was favorable between the hours of nine and ten in the morning and now that the campaign had reopened with such promise of continued activity the days and even the nights dragged so feverish was the desire of the soldiers to hear more they wandered about the mountain-top and discussed the military situation but if anything more than another tended to soothe their nerves it was the sight of their garden in which the corn and potatoes were so far advanced that each day seemed to add visibly to their growth 
on the morning of the twenty first they learned that hood had assaulted that flank of the entrenched line which was commanded by general hooker and that in so doing the enemy had been three times gallantly repulsed the new confederate general was less prudent than the old one and they chuckled to think of the miles of log breastworks they knew so well at which he was hurling his troops general sherman was their military idol and they knew how well satisfied he would be with this change in the tactics of the enemy by this time it had become their habit to remain near the station while lieutenant coleman figured out the messages each of which he read aloud as soon as he comprehended its meaning on saturday morning july twenty three while corporal bromley leaned stolidly on his flagstaff and philip walked about impatiently lieutenant coleman jumped up and read from the paper he held in his hand hood attacked again yesterday repulsed with a loss of seven thousand killed and wounded with no thought of the horrible meaning of these formidable figures to the widows and orphans of the men who had fallen in this gallant charge philip and bromley cheered and cheered again while the lieutenant sat down to decipher the next message when he had mastered it the paper fell from his hands he was speechless for the moment what is it said philip turning pale with the certainty of bad news general mcpherson is killed said lieutenant coleman now so strangely are the passions of men wrought up in the time of war that these three hot-headed young partisans were quick to shed tears over the death of one man though the destruction of a great host of their enemies had filled their hearts only with a fierce delight during the sunday which followed there was a feeling of gloomy foreboding on the mountain and under it a fierce desire to hear what should come next on monday morning july twenty five the sun rose in a cloudless sky bathing the trees and all the distant peaks with cheerful light while at the altitude of the station his almost vertical rays were comfortable to feel in the cool breeze which blew across the plateau lieutenant coleman glanced frequently at the face of his watch and the instant the hands stood at nine philip began waving the flag there was no response from the other mountain for so long a time that corporal bromley came to his relief and the red flag with a white centre continued to beat the air with a rushing and fluttering sound which was painful in the silence and suspense of waiting when at last the little flag appeared on the object glass of the telescope it spelled but seven words and then disappeared philip uttered an exclamation of surprise at the brevity of the message while bromley wiped the perspiration from his forehead and waited where he stood in another minute lieutenant coleman had translated the seven words but even in that brief time corporal bromley whose eyes were fixed on his face detected the deathly pallor which spread over his features the young officer looked with a hopeless stare at his corporal and without uttering a word extended his hand with the scrap of paper on which he had written the seven words of the message bromley took it while philip ran eagerly forward and looked tremblingly over his comrade's shoulder the seven words of the message read general sherman was killed yesterday before atlanta End of chapter six